This is another in Macworld series of Macworld Expo podcast, part of our week-long coverage of the most exciting Apple event of the year. In the next few minutes, you'll hear from some of the best and brightest in the industry, including Macworld editors and the movers and shakers in the Apple universe. And now, this episode's guest host. Macworld Podcast, Macworld Expo Special Edition for Friday, January 18th, 2008. Sponsored by MYOB, Small Business Management Software. MYOB helps you to mind your own business smarter. Welcome to Macworld's Macworld Expo Special Edition Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Breen. It's the final day of Macworld Expo, and man, if I weren't recording these introductions ahead of time, my voice would sound like this, because undoubtedly I've been screaming, talking, and singing my lungs out. Expo just generates that kind of excitement and enthusiasm. But things are winding down after a long and thrilling week. As I mentioned yesterday, you can catch up on the week's events by visiting Macworld.com and reading the countless stories posted there, as well as listening to earlier podcasts. But it's not over yet. Let's kick things off with today's first guest host. We're back on the floor of Macworld Expo. This is the final day of Expo, but I thought I could have no better guest for the final day on the Expo floor than the man who puts together Macworld Expo, and that man would be Mr. Paul Kent. Welcome, Paul. Hey, Chris. It's going well. Uh, let's give the folks at home and uh, those listening on their iPods your official title. Yep. I'm the general manager for Macworld Conference Expo, and I'm a vice president for IDG World Expo. The company that puts on Macworld. Okay, so specifically, what do you do with the show? Well, I'm uh, responsible for all activities at the show. So, um, you know, we have all the teams that are involved with putting it on, our operations team, our sales team, our marketing team, and they all work with me, and together uh, we build this little world for people for a week, and um, it seems like we have quite a few people here enjoying it, so that's very rewarding this year. Yeah, it's been a good week. Uh, Generally, I mean, you've been doing, what, you've been doing these conferences forever. Yeah, the much. conferences, actually, you know, I've been running the whole show for two years, but the right. conferences I ran for ten years prior to that. Yeah, so, uh, interesting, now we're at uh, South Hall and West Hall, and how's that feel in comparison to the path before we were north and south, and this is kind of different. West Hall is very cool, but I think a lot of people walk in and go, huh, wow, what a cool building. But yeah, the thing is, is that a lot of people have been coming to Macworld for years and years and years, and right. so any little change feels like a big change to them. But, you know, like I've been telling everybody, if nothing else, a little fresh air and exercise as they're walking around <laughs> the show is a good thing. Uh, West Hall is a beautiful hall. It just turned out that the dates that we booked for this year, what was available to us was West and South. Right. Uh, next year we'll be back in the same pattern as last year with the keynote in West and the show in North and South. Oh, yeah. What are the dates for next year? January 5th through 9th. 5th through 9th. Okay. And uh, is that going to be at the same time as CES, or...? Yep, well, CES starts... We start on the, on the Monday of the week. CES actually starts on the Thursday of the week. Okay, well, that'll have a chance for uh, Macworld Expo to once again overshadow anything that came out of CES. We will do our best. So, uh, how about exhibitors this year? I saw, I've seen a lot of people here, not only in South Hall, but also in West. How many exhibitors did you have? Yeah, we actually have 100 more exhibitors than last year. That's a lot of growth. So, we have about 478 exhibitors here. Mm-hmm. Um, predominantly, and we're really very proud of this, is that uh, predominantly it's Mac OS X tools, hardware and software. Mm. Um, you know, we still have a, a you know a lot of really interesting utilities and accessories for iPods and iPhones. But uh, the story of this show is that it's all about OS X tools, and it's really exciting. Yeah. Now, are there some exhibitors who have returned to Expo who had not been here lately, or was that sort of last year we saw the return of people as the popularity of the Mac increased? Well, I'll tell you, in in general, the show is really on an upswing right now. And so, you know, that that number of increased exhibitors is one indication of it. But uh, interesting, like AOL is here. And Mm -hmm. AOL, you know, we took a meeting with them this week. 
they're uh, starting to really ramp up their Mac-specific development resources. So they're here this year, and they've already committed to next year being here right. in an even bigger way. So this trend of more developers and you know more Mac stuff going on is really going through the roof. You know, IBM is here. IBM, yeah, yeah. right? And, uh, you know, again, they're looking for Mac developers. There, there's actually a career fair going on here mm-hmm. where a bunch of companies are looking for Mac developers. So the market is hot. That's why we see it on the show floor. And uh, I can tell you, um, the South Hall is 95% sold out for 2009 already. We haven't even finished oh, this excellent, show. Excellent. And all the vendors have been in re-signing, taking even bigger booths. So, yeah. you know, I can even say right here and right now, looking forward to next year, we have a whole year to build that show. South Hall's pretty much already sold out. That's great. Because I do remember, um, I don't know how many years ago, it was quite a few years ago, but I remember the curtains, you know, yeah. the big walled-off areas. And, yes, it was a hall, and you realize, hmm, there's not. And this is, you know, you're wall-to-wall in here now. Not only is it wall to wall, the exhibits are interesting and beautiful. I mean, they're, you know, you walk the hall, and it's not just pipe and drape, you know, little right. company. You know, there are plenty of those innovative small companies, but we're helping them by providing them ways to participate in the show where it's not just a plain, you know, white sign. You know, we give them interesting stands that they can exhibit at. But also, the, you know, the medium-sized and large companies are spending a ton of money to make this a beautiful experience for people, and it's really paying off. I mean, the show floor, both west and south, are just really interesting places to be. And then also we have a lot more retail going on here. You know, we have Best Buy. Right. People come to Macworld, they want to buy stuff. I mean, yeah, that, sure, they sure. see it and they want it. They want immediate gratification. So Best Buy is selling, you know, a Best Buy representation of what they cover in their stores. Mm-hmm. And they've been packed. But even, you know, like Otherworld Computing, I mean, there's lines around booths for a lot of these companies that are selling their wares. So it's all cool. That's a nice thing, too. And, again, that's sort of starting to change again because several years ago you'd go in and want to buy something and there wasn't much in the way of vendors here to, that you could actually get something and say, oh, well, just go to your local Apple store or somewhere you can get it right here now. I think we're almost to the point, you know, maybe after this show, comparisons to the years when Macworld was a little bit slower, are gonna, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to be just a distant memory. I mean, it's really all about the growth because yeah. I'll tell you, since 2006, you know, we're up. We've grown at almost 10 to 15% per year. This year, grown growing 20 to 25%. So, right. I mean, numbers are going up. We had 36,000 attendees in 2006. We're going to be close to 50,000 attendees just two years later. Wow. That's a lot of growth. And, yeah. you know, that's how hot the marketplace is. And it's you know, just fun all around because people are coming. They want to buy great Mac stuff. Mm-hmm. That makes the exhibitors want to be here to sell great Mac stuff. And right. it's just a perfect circle. Oh, that's very cool. So we're at Friday now. We started everything on Monday. So what have been some of the highlights of the show for you? Well, you know, it's really gratifying to see how many new users are coming to Macworld. Uh-huh. So that growth, you know, are people who probably go into a, a, an Apple store. A lot of it is people who are buying their first Mac. Maybe they came to the platform for owning an iPod or an mm-hmm. iPhone was maybe their first Apple product purchase, and they want to see what all the excitement is about. So we have this uh, Mac Learning Center over in the West Hall, which is content that has been developed specifically for newbies and right. switchers, right? right? And the crowds for that have been great. I mean, people are just really thirsty to learn how to dive in and get more out of their Mac. And so that's been really gratifying to see the number of new people coming to the show kind of, you know, Fresh blood, fresh enthusiasm for the show, and that's that's been really remarkable. The conferences, of course, have been going unbelievably well. We now train about 5,000 people in our mm-hmm. technical conferences. So right. people who come on Monday, a lot of them stay all week, Monday through Friday. They take two-day classes. They take one-day classes. They take uh, 90-minute conference sessions. It's been mayhem up there, but in a great way. And, and, yeah. and the vibe, you know, that's one of the nice things about the West Hall. We have a whole floor of the West Hall that's for conferences. Lots of places for people to sit down, lots of the, you know, personal networking, social networking going on, uh, lots of uh, instructors taking their conversations in the class, out to lunchtime. So kind of the, uh, the energy in the conferences have been great. And, you know, we've been 
We've been delivering great conference content for quite a while. You know, your session, Chris, the iPhone Super Session, how many people did you have on the first day? Uh, I think we had 280 people. I mean, 280 people to see you. I mean, who, who would think <laughs> and it, And right? Ben Long. Let's give Ben, you know, credit for us, too. But, yeah, and, and the next day it was maybe 200 people. Yeah. And the day after that, maybe we had 180. So it was, they were greatly, you know, nicely attended. People were really focused on what we were doing and really excited to be at Expo. And, as you say... There were a lot of people in there. It was their first time they'd ever been to a Macworld Expo. And they were, you know, they, it was those sort of first-timers who had the stars in their eyes. Absolutely. And they'd been to the Apple booth and felt like they'd gone to heaven for a little while. Yeah, there's a great article online. Um, the the uh, reporter was talking about how there are trade shows and there are Macworld. And that yeah. this, this, this thing about Macworld, this intensity, this, uh, this joy, you know, uh, it makes it a different type of event. You, know, you walk the aisles, and that's sort of a trade show, except for the vibe of the attendees. Yeah. It's not just people, you know, looking for free T-shirts anymore. It's people who really want to know what's out there because they're excited to buy the best stuff. They want to have the coolest stuff before their friends, I guess is right. another way to say it. Right. And that's a lot about what Macworld's about. So we're really happy with the growth of the show. It's, uh, it's moving in a great direction. We think we're providing some good services, you know, like great content in the conferences, cool things to do on the show floor. In addition to the Learning Center, we have this beautiful digital photography experience where professional mm. photographers are teaching people how to take better pictures or use their Mac to edit and store, color correct better pictures. Right. We, have a, we have a wall set up in that digital photography experience where people are posting their Macworld memories. They're taking pictures here at the show nice. and posting them. So it's just a great feeling here. We're very proud of what's gone on. We're, we're, we're really uh, very gratified for all the great feedback. Uh, and we hope that the growth continues. We're in a good place right now. I'm sure it will. It's been a great week for me. I've had a really wonderful time in Expo, and I, I know everybody I've run into as well has just said this is a, a tremendous show, and, uh, and largely thanks to you. So thanks very much. Paul. Well, thanks for having me, Chris. You bet. All right. I'm now fortunate enough to have with me um, Ken Aspisley from Ecamm Networks. Now, I know a lot of times we kind of tend to bring the bigger developers in here, but um, Ecamm has been doing some really interesting work for several years now, and, uh, and I really like the stuff they've done. So I wanted to get Ken in here to talk a little bit about some of the products. Uh, one of them is an application called iPhone Drive, and Ken, why don't you tell us what that does? Now, iPhone, iPhone Drive is a companion program for iPhone users. You connect your iPhone over USB, and it gives you access to all sorts of data on the iPhone that you otherwise wouldn't be able to get. For example, um, it lets you access all of your music and photos that are on the phone on any computer, so it doesn't have to be the Mac that the iPhone is synchronized to. Um, you just connect the, the iPhone to the Mac, and you can see all of the pictures that are on there. You can take all of the music and play it or send it directly into your iTunes. Um, this is something that you actually can't do in iTunes. A lot of people don't realize that that the I, when the iPhone shows up in iTunes, it's kind of like a one-way street. Mm -hmm. You can't even play the music off of it. So you could bring your iPhone to work, connect it to your computer there, and, and play your music on that machine, or, or copy all the music onto that, onto that system. Um, it gives you, additionally, a folder of storage on the phone, right. so that you can store files backup data onto that device, you're pretty much using it as a, a portable disk. Right. Um, there's no way to actually use that information from the iPhone's interface, mm -hmm. but you have to think of it as like a, um, a convenient jump drive kind of situation. Right. Now, for people who have used iPods and they're accustomed to using that disk mode right. where you could use it as a removable drive, a lot of people got iPhones, they plugged it in and went, well, wait a minute, where's the icon? for the iPhone, because right. I'm accustomed to using it for a jump drive, and I can't, and this allows you to do that. Uh, yeah, um, 
a lot of people find that really convenient for moving around really large files that they otherwise wouldn't want to email to themselves or right. put on a server. Um, if you have extra space on there, it's a, it's a really convenient way to do it. Um, the new version of iPhone Drive has some really neat new features that, almost by request, you can access the notes data mm-hmm. of the notes that you took on the phone uh, and export them as text files or drag them into another program. Right. You can access your uh, SMS history and phone call log. So if you want to get a transcript of your messages or, or um, look up your archive your call data, the iPhone actually saves your last 100 calls on the phone. There's no way to access them uh, from the Mac mm-hmm. until you connect it to iPhone Drive. And uh, it could be any Mac. It doesn't have to be the Mac that you're backed up to right. or the Mac that you're synchronized with. Yeah, now, uh, I've talked a lot about iPhone Drive in my um, iPhone Super Session this week. And... Uh, and the follow-up question immediately from people is, uh, is, oh, do I have to jailbreak my phone or do I have to hack my phone in some way to use no, Absolutely this? not. I mean, that, that's the thing that we focus on is that we don't sell anything that requires a hack or a jailbreak. Um, the iPhone drive doesn't modify the phone at all. Mm-hmm. It's a, a very passive operation. It doesn't install anything on there or make any tweaks to the phone at all. The program under the covers is using the same channels that, that iTunes uses to get your music and photos onto there. We're just going the other way and getting them back off. Right. Now, do you have to be concerned when Apple comes out with an update that it's going to break something in your well, product? That's the good thing about not using a hack. And we haven't had any trouble with any of the firmware updates. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't had to make any updates for the purpose of you know, a quick fix for a new firmware. Um, we haven't heard any trouble with the new firmware from uh, Tuesday. So. Right. Oh, that's good. Okay, so you said in a future version, I'm going to be able to access more things like photos, I can pull those off? Or? In the current version, you can pull off your, your uh, iPhoto photos right. and any photos you took with the camera. Uh-huh. If you took a picture with your camera and you wanted to show it to somebody on your Mac screen instead of your your phone, but you don't necessarily want to go into iPhoto or Image Browser, you can just double-click it in the, in the display mm-hmm. in iPhone drive. Right. Now, I can't use this like a, a, a server, so I can't get into the guts of the phone, into the like TMP folder and, and way down in there? Um, not... Not really. If you if you have a sim link to your to your root, like right. a lot of people do on hacked phones, uh-huh. we do have an advanced mode where we'll where we'll go to the we'll go one directory down into to the media folder, right. and you would be able to move applications in and out if you're a if you're an iPhone um, jailbreak fan kind of person. Yeah, yeah. Who, who does that thing. Yeah. Now uh, another one of your products which I use all the time is Call Recorder because uh, when we do. Um, podcasting here, we often use Skype to record interviews. Fortunately, we're lucky enough to be using real people and, and live mics here, but one of the big problems for people in the past using Skype is that by default, you end up sort of recording one side of the conversation and you need two sides. And so I've been using Call Recorder for that and I think that works really well. Why don't you explain what that does? Uh, Call Recorder is a is um, tightly integrated into Skype recording studio for Anything you're doing in there, uh, audio or video, uh, you get a perfect recording of your call as a QuickTime movie. It can be set up to automatically record all of your calls. If you need to archive calls for work, or um, you can manually record sections of calls. Um, the, the thing that makes Call Recorder unique, among other solutions, is its tight integration into the program. Mm-hmm. There are other solutions that record all kind of um, blanket solutions for for uh, recording your Mac. Right. Call Recorder gives you a record button in Skype, uh, VU meters in the window, um, the ability to um, 
make settings directly from the Skype preferences panel. Right. And one of the cool new features that we added recently is uh, text annotation during the call. Hmm. If you're sitting at your at your keyboard doing an interview, and and you've just been rambling for five minutes of setup with the person, and you say, "I want to start the interview now," you just click a button, you type a note to yourself, and hit return. Oh, nice! And you can do that as many times as you want. And when you're done, and you you open up the QuickTime movie, mm-hmm. all the notes that you made show up as chapter markers in the QuickTime file. Excellent. So you get a little menu next to the scrub bar, uh-huh. and you can jump to different points in the file. And uh, we provide a tool for, for editing those markers and exporting them as a almost like a, an EDL of the, of the recording. Right, right. Now, can you split based on those markers? Um, we don't provide a tool for that, mm-hmm. but um, you can if you have QuickTime Pro, you can easily jump to those points and... Right. And copy and paste the chunks. Right. And then along with this, you also include some tools for converting the files, right? Yeah. Uh, there's a there's a droplet for converting to MP3. Mm-hmm. We save the call as a QuickTime movie because that's the most convenient format. We can keep the tracks separate right. for post-editing. Um, a lot of people want to change a level after the fact or, or uh, edit the call. But a lot of people just want an MP3 uh, so they can quickly post it. Right. And uh, there's a lot of ways to make an MP3, but this is by far the most convenient way to make one out of a QuickTime movie. Mm-hmm. If you don't have QuickTime Pro, or you just want a one-step way of drag, you just drag onto this app and it makes an MP3 file, right? Or an AAC file, um, or uh, an AIFF file, right? Yeah, and that's what I do in my workflow. So I take an AIFF file. Actually, I, I split first, right? And then I create AIFF, or am I going the other way? Convert to AIFF and then then split. There's, that, an, there's a different. Fourth tool that will split your movie yeah. into separate tracks, and that's really helpful because a lot of times, you know, you as the host are hotter than the other person. You want to be able to adjust levels, so you need to split the tracks, and drag them into GarageBand, and or whatever right. tool you use. And, and a lot of apps don't really like multi-track movies, right. and that's why a lot of times it needs to be flattened or split before you can really use it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there's eyeglasses, and this is a program that has been helpful for a lot of people who are using eyesight cameras because, you know, the, uh, capture under eyesight is okay, but it's not very flexible, and you guys have added a lot of flexibility to it. A lot of times you just want to adjust your image. Yeah. Uh, bring down the saturation or bring up the white balance to make yourself look a little healthier. Or um, the, the cool new feature in version 2 of eyeglasses is a, a digital pan and zoom. A lot of people haven't even seen this yet. A lot of times you're using the built, your built-in camera in your MacBook Pro, and you're sitting on it's sitting on your lap, and uh, it's showing a lot of ceiling, you know, maybe from your neck up. Right. With the digital pan and zoom in eyeglasses, you can bring the shot down and get a nice head and shoulder shot without having to tilt your screen forward. Right, right. Or hunch up close to the computer. Yeah, nice. And also, you can do uh, you can flip the image over so. Text doesn't appear backwards behind you. Right, uh, we have a mirror feature and we have a, a rotate feature. Mm-hmm. A lot of people like to mount their eyesight or external camera upside down or, or on the side of their screen. And with eyeglasses, you can rotate the image so that it looks normal again. Right. Now, with eye, uh, eyeglasses, does that support just eyesight cameras or can you use USB cameras as well? Eyeglasses works with just about any camera. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't work with DV cameras. Right. If you're using a, a DV camcorder connected over FireWire, it's not going to work. Okay. But for the, the built-in eyesight, the external eyesight, the image webcam that we sell, mm-hmm. uh, our other webcam like a Logitech or uh, it, it does work. Yeah. Now you mentioned just before we went on the air that you're also you're either demoing or selling a, a USB camera at your at your booth. Right. Uh, Ecam sells a, a webcam. If you have a system you need to add video to, 
this is the easiest way to do it. And we have it's a very very tiny portable uh, webcam. It mm-hmm. plugs in over USB. It doesn't require any installation at all. So you can bring it to any machine and plug it in and start using it. It right. shows up in iChat, Skype, iMovie, or any video program that that, that you use. Um, it's one of the only cameras that'll show up in iMovie. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, people love these because they can bring them with them to any machine. It even works on on Windows. Yeah, great. Well, cause it's very useful because a lot of people have been contacting me, either 911 or something else, where they say they don't make the iSight anymore. Mm-hmm. They don't have new monitors that have iSight cameras built in. What solution do I have? And yeah, we've benefited a lot from the, a, a real hole in the Mac webcam market. And there are other webcams that do work, but they don't. those companies don't necessarily support Mac users. Right. Um, we have a customer support number where people can just call and we'll walk them through if they're having any trouble uh, with the camera. And people love having someone on the other end of the phone that just knows how to use a Mac. Perfect. You can tell them where to click. Yeah, yeah. So they're a great solution for if you know somebody who isn't very computer literate, doesn't want to have to do any installs, mm-hmm. doesn't want to have to figure out anything out. They connect this camera, and the camera appears in iChat, and they just click a single click on yeah. their friend, and they're they're talking. Cool. Yeah. So how much do all these products cost? Uh, eyeglasses is ten dollars. Mm-hmm. Color recorder is fifteen dollars. Uh, iPhone drive is ten dollars. The cameras are sixty dollars. Mm-hmm. Great. And, and if people want more information, where should they go? Uh, ecam.com, that's E-C-A-M-M.com, and all of our products are available on the website. Right, and they're all downloadable from the um, web. All of our products have seven-day free trials, so mm-hmm. that you can try the entire program, not crippled at all, for seven days to make sure that you like it before you you have to buy anything at all. Right, and Leopard compatibility? Everything's Leopard compatible. Mm-hmm. And works with Tiger as well. Works on Tiger, and even on 1039, a lot of them do. Uh, we do support support 1039 users. Right. Even the cameras. Great. Well, I encourage people listening uh, to check out Ecamm Network stuff because uh, I found every bit of it useful. Um, you know, they really do nice work. It's very affordable and uh, and very powerful stuff. So, Ken, thanks very much for joining me. Uh, thanks, Christopher, for having me on the podcast. You bet. And that concludes this episode of the special Macworld Expo edition of the Macworld Podcast. I'd like to thank our guests as well as you for listening. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to drop us a line at podcast at macworld.com or you can leave us a voicemail at 415-520-9761. This is Chris Breen reminding you that you can find more Apple, Mac, iPod, iPhone, Macworld Expo and technology news, views, and information at macworld.com. See you next time.